The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to the 10-8 Podcast, whenever and wherever you're listening. My name is Officer Y, and this is, ho, ho, holy shit, the Christmas episode. I apologize. That was totally sacrilegious. Someone's going to get offended by that, and I apologize. On today's episode, we have uh, a group conversation with two meme lords. And no, 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 no. It's not Red Gun Squad, and it's not Frank Castle. Instead... I have the fourth Jersey boy coming through, which is Blue Line Grit. And I also have, hailing from North Carolina, the commie crusher himself, Cop Stash. If you don't already, you have until the end of the episode to go check out their Instagrams. They are uh, some of the best meme pages out there. And I'm not just saying that because they're on this episode. I recommend them to anyone who wants good memes. Our conversation today will feature a great deal of uh, talking about life in the coronaverse and then we will talk about police sense of humor and how important it is to have it as a coping mechanism and cops have a good sense of humor you know that is it's it is what it is it's evident by the approximately nine million police meme pages out there or i don't know the 15 million police podcasts out there so it is what it is it's how i am able to sit here and talk to you which at the very moment I'm talking to a computer screen and a wall, but you know what I mean, the proverbial you. Anyway, I saw a meme last week, I think it was, that said, when are dudes going to start going to therapy and stop making podcasts? Listen, Linda, uh, the people I've talked to on this show and the friendships and relationships I've made have been just as effective, if not more effective, than any therapy session I've ever been to. So, whatever works. So, Put that in your juice box and suck it. Now listen, we end our conversation today with some Christmas talk. And seeing as today is December 24th, Christmas Eve kind of goes hand in hand. That's basically how I wrap up the entire episode. Uh, If I was Jewish, I'd talk about Hanukkah. But I'm not. I'm also not really Christian or Catholic. I mean, I guess I'm supposed to be, but I'm not. I'm not a religious guy. So, um, just... 
forgive me, forgive me, you know, for trampling on religion. I'm, I'm not going to talk about religion, but I mean, you know, I'm not going to be talking about, oh, well, we go to church at midnight on, on Christmas. That's not me. To me, the, hol- the holiday, I know, keep the Christ in Christmas. For me, it's not that. I'm sorry. It's just the time of year where I cherish and appreciate the people that I have around me. And then we listen to some Michael Buble. And then we get toasted on Spike Eggnog. And we just enjoy each other's company. The gifts don't mean anything to me. I'm not really a big gift guy. It's nice to receive stuff. It, it, for me, it's like, hey, I appreciate you. And I thought about you. I thought you would like this. Here you go. But that's it. That's not, it's not necessary. If you just sit down and have a chat with me, that, that's almost even better than gifts. So I'm not the religious guy. That's not what this episode is going to be about. So if you're not going to listen to it because you're thinking, oh, he's talking about Christmas. He's going to be putting his religious beliefs on me. No. I do that more when I talk about stoicism than I will in this episode. So just think about it. That being said, uh, the bulk of my audience is police officers. So I don't think I'm going to offend anyone. But if you are offended by the talk of uh, Christmas traditions, feel free to skip ahead and, and we'll, uh, you know, listen up to that part because the the whole conversation is really good. But, you know, if, if you don't want to hear about Christmas stuff, this is you've been warned. Um, after the interview, though, if you guys are into the kind of the Christmas and humor stuff, stay tuned because I got a few things today. No code for check, kind of the whole episode kind of has that vibe, but I got my hands on Santa's naughty list, and you're going to want to see if you made it to the naughty list, so you're going to want to listen to that, and then after that, I have something very special to share with you. I have the 10-8 Christmas poem. It'll be fun, trust me. So, after this quick music break, my conversation with Copstash and Blue Line Grit. Check it out. <laughs> Again this year. All right, we are back and joining me for the first time ever, we have Cop Stash and we have Blue Line Grit. What's going on, guys? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? All right, so uh, today is the Meme Lord's Christmas party. So, what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about just normal cop stuff and then we're going to wrap it up with uh, some Christmas questions and then we'll. We'll kind of end it with either that or signal three. We'll see how it goes. All right. So we're going to start from the top and uh, we'll have each of you guys kind of introduce yourselves, uh, say as much as you want about your career, your meme pages, whatever, but you guys got the floor. So we'll start with Mr. Copstash. Yo, um, North Carolina. I don't know if a lot of people probably heard or heard me say before that I'm from North Carolina. I've grew up in North Carolina and pretty much have not left the East Coast ever. I like to uh, piss liberals off. I like to uh, <laughs> post up controversial stuff. 
And um, I, I went from like only doing law enforcement and first responder memes. And then the more that this crap gets more and more stupid and people piss me off more and more, I like to make fun <laughs> of them more. So it's kind of a release for me to make fun of them. So I've kind of went from a cop page to like a bash liberal page in a kind of way. It's good. There's so many of the opposite. There's so many liberal pages bashing cops. So, you know, it's, it's about True. time we kind of flip the script. So it's very nice. All right, Blue, go ahead and uh, and do your thing. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Blue Line Grid here. Um, I'm out of New Jersey, uh, North Jersey, kind of like uh, Red Gun and uh, Frank. Been on the force for about like two, three years now. Born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, my page is actually like it was supposed to start off as like something towards like motivation and you know pro Leo stuff like businesses and stuff like that. And I started making memes and that kind of just took off from there. I don't find my stuff very funny, but for some reason people do. <laughs> so that's just oh, kind of what I do. I kind of yeah, I just kind of make up crap when I wake up in the morning or just in the middle of shift. Just kind of do stuff based off my day or stories or things that I hear. So when I first met Blue Line, I literally, I truly thought that he was 108's FTO. That's that's how, <laughs> that's how he introduced himself to me. <laughs> that was like the running joke for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had no idea who 108 was. Oh wait, no, no. 108, you told me that it was your FTO. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He started. He started all that crap. But yeah, uh, that's no, I just slid in his DMs like a thirsty dude at the end of like uh, last call at a bar, <laughs> and then like he just posted a meme, and then it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, yeah. You you won me with the jersey stuff. I was like, oh, I got I got to throw this guy a bone. So well, yeah. I mean, Frank. I don't know how he followed me, but I found uh, Red Gun on the back pages. So <laughs> hey. Right, and and then Frank Castle somewhere. He's literally the one lurking around and just kind of stealing people's hearts, their minds, and their followers. He's he's a good guy. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, I know Cop Stash reached out to me probably when I began. I don't know who came first, the chicken or the egg, but I know like we were talking from the like from jump, and then Blue Line. Yeah, I remember I was working like a an off duty or whatever, and you were like, "Hey man, love your page, help me out," and you just started sending me memes at like every day, and I'm like, at first I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's no, really but cool. I can't remember. But how it worked, it worked out. We uh, I can't remember who hit up who first, but we. I kind of I had a page for a while, and I never really put a whole lot of effort into it. And right around mm-hmm. the time that you kind of we kind of started talking to each other was when I started putting more effort into my page, and you had started putting a lot of effort into your page. Yeah, and I remember both of us going back and forth and helping each other, and yours kind of took off. You put a lot more effort into your stuff for sure, so it's it's worked. It's paid off. Yeah, definitely uh, some OGs here from when I started, though. So it's very cool, and uh, you know it's good times. Oh, you know, Copstash, you actually came up in a recent episode because we were talking about the meme wars. Oh, yeah. We were talking about how you were making like. (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry, man. (laughs) Dude, you were coming out with like Christopher Nolan level memes. Like we were putting (laughs) all the pictures and everything. And we just couldn't keep up with all your uh, your skill level. It didn't work out for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, he still lost to me, which. (laughs) <laughs> nah, nah it's bad, all man. good man it's all fun and games yeah that, that was a good time except for uh the one guy that i had to 
to beat, and then he got all weird. Moving along, though, we're not going to spend this whole time talking about uh, Sergeant Shakeweight. We're going to start with talking about work stuff. Um, So we're going to start with uh, COVID stash over there in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So how has COVID and the protests and all the nonsense that we've dealt with affected you at work? The protests haven't been horrible, really. Um, so, I mean, it's, we've been more on just sort of a high alert kind of thing and, and here and there, you know, you, you got your groups that'll gather up, but nothing really bad. Um, nothing really violent or anything in, in our area. What was the worst that it got? Uh, we, we border with a, I'm not going to say the city, but we border with a extremely violent city. Mm-hmm. So like our North side is their South side and their South side is their bad side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were kind of more on like a border patrol kind of thing. Hey, don't come this way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, They were kind of tearing up, you know, Walmarts and stuff and whatnot. And uh, really the protests really wasn't that bad, but here recently they just kind of started killing each other left and right all Mm -hmm. the months. But um, COVID as far as effect and work has like made it like a detrimental impact on everybody. Not from like everybody, not from like a people getting sick standpoint, but more so of um, when it first started, everybody was like, we didn't, nobody knew what was going on. You know, what is this? And so everybody stopped arresting anybody. Like we'd we'd stop a car and get up to the window and talk to the person, run their ID, and find out they have a warrant. And then we're like, "Hey, man, go take go take care of that," <laughs> because yeah. we weren't we weren't arresting anybody anymore. And so we literally went from like balls to the wall, gung ho, you know, chasing everybody that we could possibly chase, chasing down drugs, warrants, whatever we could find, to sitting and hanging out at the PD and just talking and, and goofing off because we weren't going to go out and do proactive things anymore. So it, it, it put a big, it bit a big hit on our, on our department. Yeah. I was going to say, it's pretty similar for me. Um, it was less proactivity because of COVID because obviously, you know, whatever your theories are about it, whatever it's like, it's there, it's out there. Um, so I, I, I agree with cop. It's like, it kind of slowed down. Like there wasn't really much you could do. Um, you know, for me, like we have to wear masks like around the station and stuff. And, you know, if you're out in the public, wear one. But yeah, it's just, it, it did change it a lot. Mm-hmm. As for like the protests and stuff, I don't really think there was much in New Jersey. Uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't really like, I, did, I didn't really hear of anything. And, you know, I have friends all throughout the state. Um, I can't really like pinpoint anything, but I know New York City was popping off. So I don't know if anybody from New Jersey went out there, but. For me, it wasn't really much of a difference, I'd say. I think COVID was probably a bigger deal. Gotcha. Yeah, I would say the same thing for me. Um, we had a few peaceful protests like the week or two immediately following uh, George Floyd's death. There was, I'd say, probably seven days of constant protests. and then, But by day seven, like three people showed up. And it was like, it was almost like formulaic at that point. Like we would go there to keep the peace the people that were showing up, they knew the deal. They would wave. I think we even like gave each other water at one point. Like it was very civil. Um, there were a few, there was like a March and things kind of got a little sideways, but nothing bad, nothing like, you know, you see on TV, nothing like Minneapolis or, or any of the major cities. So that was, that was nice. And as far as COVID, I don't really work patrol, so I can't say how they were handling call to call, but I know there was a lot more, Hey, meet us outside if it's not like an in-progress violent call, we're not going to it, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of hard for, I mean, I don't know if you talked to like Frank or Red or like anybody else in the Northeast, but like we were 
crushed mm-hmm. with COVID. Like we were like one of the biggest hotspots in this country. So just even outside of like police work, just people I know, it's just like life has just completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really have like a, like an overabundance of, of Corona cases and whatnot. That's, that's kind of where I get my, my standpoint where I'm at, like my, my strong views where I, that I like to post about. And I get railed by like 17 year olds who try to school me <laughs> on what law enforcement's about. Right. <laughs> uh, actually I was talking blue line the other night, a 17 year old literally tried to tell me how to do my job because he, because he aspires to be a, a cop one day. And uh, he's telling some uh, a veteran officer how to do his job, and this kid's seventeen, still in high school. <laughs> never, yeah, that, that'll go over well for him. Yeah, never experienced life. I'm like, dude, if, if you showed up in my car to, as as my trainee in FTO, oh, it'd be a bad day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> I've definitely had a few explorers and criminal justice majors pop in, and they're like, "Hey, man." can you uh, answer my question about this? And they'll hit me with something very similar, something very social justice based. And I'm like, I'm not going to answer it. Cause I know where this is going. It's going to yep. go to this debate that I don't want to have with you. So yep. no, <laughs> not, yep. not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. It's getting worse and worse. Yeah. I, they tell me that I have to enforce COVID laws because I'm a police officer and we enforce the laws. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you don't even understand the first thing about being a law enforcement officer. Right. Right. Rule number one is discretion. So yes. yes, that's the best thing about our job is discretion. Right. And, and a lot of people don't understand that or they only understand it when it's convenient for them. Right. Like, you know, you can stop someone for, let's just say a suspended license and <laughs> Hey man, why'd you have to arrest them? It's, it's, you know, you have your discretion. You don't have to do that. Fast forward to right now. Hey man, why aren't you arresting them for not wearing a mask? Right. Really? Exactly. Yeah. People don't understand what that word means. Yeah. They really don't. Yeah. It's it's very frustrating. And, you know, it's, I can't get my head around a lot of it. And the biggest one is like, this is not my concern. I don't care if people aren't wearing a mask. That's their own personal decision. Whatever. That's my thing. Yeah. I don't care. If if you're wearing a mask, wear your mask. I really don't care. But don't try to force it on everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's where the freedom comes in America. And it just, it just blows my mind. Like it's, I, I don't know, man, like you see people uh, like our sheriff's office, they, they made a rule that you can't come in the jail without now they've made it worse. So it used to be just a mask. Now it's, you have to have a mask, a face shield, gloves, and you have to have a mask for your arrestee to come inside. So yeah. they made it. And let me guess, you have to pay for all that yourself. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the PD pretty much gives you most of it, but you know, keeping up with always having a mask for your arrestees, it, it gets pretty old. But right. um, especially when you have someone who's more on the combative side, and now it's like, hey man, let me just go right near your face and like tuck this around your ears. Right, you know, and we <laughs> I've been in plenty of people's faces since this all started. Our whole police department doesn't wear a mask. Like we don't do anything different since this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. And there's been like one officer that's, that's tested positive for it mm-hmm. and it didn't really affect him that bad. But, um, you know, but the sheriff's office is doing that. And then the other night I had to take a, a mental patient for a commitment to the ER. And it's the first time I've been to the ER or a hospital since all this started. And when I got there, the nurse that's taking everybody's temperature that comes in and out of that building or, or comes in the building, in the ER doors, like literally contacts with everybody is only wearing a mask. She's not mm-hmm. wearing gloves. She's not wearing a face shield. She's just wearing a little paper mask. And I'm thinking, you know, if it's really as serious as they say it is, why is the hospital not doing it different? 
Right. They're account they're encountering everybody that that's supposed to be, you know, contagious. Yeah, so, it's and and the the different um I believe it's out there. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um I know people that have passed from it not personally, but you know, through the grapevine whatever. But the precautionary measures just don't make sense. No. You got you go to a convenience store, they've got the plexiglass up or the plastic whatever it is. You got like for me I went to a 7-Eleven today wearing a face mask, wearing gloves, great. She does a transaction for the person in front of me. They hand cash. She gives them change. Then with the same gloves on, she takes my cash, gives me change. Like we're literally still transferring germs and everything. It makes makes no no sense. They're running around beating their heads on walls and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's common sense has been leaving this country and this world at an alarming rate. And it's just, it's bottomed out right now. Like it doesn't. Dude, Common sense is not so common anymore. Not at all. It hardly exists at all. It's an endangered animal right now. It's just it's a commodity. Yeah. It's horrible. It's scary, man. I think more people have Teslas than common sense. I think that's yes. where we're at right now. One hundred percent. So during all this this nonsense, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to keep yourself sane and to keep your morale high and stick in this job. And a lot of people, they're not, you know, they're they're out. Uh, yeah. So what have you guys been doing to keep yourself sane and trying to keep your morale as high as possible? I guess for me, I've been I've been working out a lot. Um, I just do my, like my normal stuff. It's not that I like ignore what's going on in this world, but I can only be in control of so much like my own inner circle and like myself. So, you know, I can't worry about every million possible things that could go wrong with COVID or people protesting or whatever. It's all I can do is kind of control myself. And so for me, it's like, I got to work out, you know, listen to music, hang out. I know me and you were talking like a couple weeks ago about like ska music. Mm-hmm. I started listening to all that crap again you know i've been trying my best uh to be honest with you guys like with all the rioting and protesting and all that stuff going on like i got addicted to my like this page like the blue line grit page compared to my personal one because it was just fueling my anger and like hatred of people and groups and stuff and it became really bad to the point where i had to like stop Mm -hmm. like creating stuff looking at it and like spacing out so like now i've just kind of switched to trying to make some content i know i've been lacking a little bit but you know, yeah, life happens. Yeah, we gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a mean, it's a mean page. Right. Right. You know, shoot, um, I'll go. So I guess for me, like it's just kind of, sometimes. Yeah. It's so for me, it's just like trying to make some content, like catching up with you guys, some other people just, you know, I don't know, just kind of trying to take care of what I can in my own inner circle, you know? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm doing to keep saying. I know a lot of like the jokes going around are like, you know, the do- job's dead, you know, I'm pretty junior into my career. So, You know, I'm not optimistic about certain things, but like I'm a realist, you know, Mm -hmm. I know shit's going to suck. I've worked jobs before this, you know, nothing's perfect, but um, all I can do is control myself, do the right thing when I'm on the job and off the job. Yeah. So that's how I've been keeping myself safe, you know? Yeah, -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely the the hardest part, like what you were just saying, you know, doing your job and doing it right and doing the right thing. That's been the hardest thing with morale lately. Like, you know, is is can I trust my admin? You know, if, if I go out here and I get in an incident where I do something that's justified, is everybody going to turn their back on me? Mm-hmm. Is my whole family going to go, yeah. uh, you know, get put on the back burner or, or, um, you know, just basically get thrown by the wayside because I did something that was justified, but because the, the mob wants to cause a big ordeal about it. Now my admin and department and city is going to turn against me and make me look like the bad guy and ruin my family's whole life. You know, I know I, Mike, the cop, 
he he literally left because that reason. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't because it was getting too tough for him. Uh, it was literally because he didn't want to have to be put in a situation where his whole family would be ruined. You know, he, he can handle, I can handle, we can handle, you know, being slandered. We're slandered all the time. Right. But if you start taking my livelihood and my family and putting them in that boat and ruining their lives over something that was justified, that's where the morale has been the hardest part uh, of, you know, who can I trust? But like he was saying, you know, sticking to your group, sticking to your circles, the meme page. Yes. 100%. It's, it's a way for me to vent. You know, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I'll get on there and I might pop off like six memes in a row <laughs> where I'm just like hardcore venting over something that just happened. Yeah. Uh, it could have been somebody even mm-hmm. just popped in my comments, my DMs, or just an event that happened out on the road. Or, or a lot of times it could be admin. I have, I'm pretty lucky though. I have a pretty good uh, admin system. Um, they're, they're decent to us. They, they do, they do help us out a lot, but you know, everybody's always got that question of who can you actually trust when, when it really hits the fan, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Especially in today's climate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything's all fine when things are all fine. And then when it's not, you right. Know, they tell you, they back you up, but then, yeah. but at the end of the day, they're going to take care of themselves before they take care of you. Exactly. At least that's the fear. You might get some selfless ones that are really lay on the fire with you and, and then you'll be good. But yeah, you know, that's, that's the concerning part is we've seen so many times in the public that it hasn't been happening that way. I mean, obviously the bigger cities are getting more of the publicity, so we can't really talk about the smaller agencies, but at least that's what the general consensus seems to be. Um, but as far as like the meme pages and everything, I will say that the Instagram communities that we kind of, the circles we kind of run in and, and who we've been talking to each other and, and other cops. Like this has become such a nice support group Yeah, for everything that is going on. Like if something pops off, you know, I reach out to cops, I'll put it at like a story question and, and just get people's insights. And then it just sparks and facilitates more conversations. And I think that's such, I mean, it's minimal, but I think it's a healthy way. Like oddly enough, I think this finally is something social media doing right where we can get this kind of safe-ish space and, and vent yeah. and talk to each other for sure. Yeah. When they're well, not, as long as we're not shadow banned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that beats you to it, bro. Yeah. When they're not banning me or <laughs> and we're now, down. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. After this video goes up, we're all going to be locked out for like three months. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, we survived the summer, so anything's possible. That's true. how I kind of see about that's it. That's true. Um, so do you guys foresee a change in either public opinion of police or your own opinion of police work? Um, I would say yes, 100%. Um, I, we, so what I've seen, we've had a lot of people, it seems more people have gone a little bit more out of their way to support us mm-hmm. um, because of all the negativity out there in the media. Because like I said, you know, our department, we, we try to stand out and do a little bit different than most people. We have a pretty good name for ourselves. Um, we've had a few encounters since all of the crazy riots started uh, that we kind of had to uh, try to pat down and make it die down. But um, our community has been pretty good. But at the same time, uh, when you start dealing with the more criminal side of it, the criminals now feel like they have a foothold on us and that they can get away with a lot more. Right. Um, so it's, it's making it a lot more difficult there for sure. And like we were talking about with the proactivity, man, like nobody's really actually recovered from that yet, even though we're kind of back to doing stuff here and there and, and, you know, working and doing proactive stuff, you still get to the point where you're like, 
uh, I guess we're just not going to do anything today. Right. You know, answer your calls. Yeah. And, and kind of, kind of to like piggyback off that, you know, like I think the opinion for both the public and myself is, you know, it's changed and it's going to continue to change. You know, it's, you know, people, you'll always see like the whole pendulum thing, like it goes one way, then it comes back, you know, no jobs. Perfect. As I kind of said earlier. Um, but at least for me, like where I work, um, the community I'm in, it's, I've gotten a lot more, Hey, thank you for what you're doing. Um, sorry for what you're dealing with more than, you know, people bashing me being a cop right. and, you know, being in my face about it. And kind of like cop said is criminals feel like they're more entitled now because they know the climate right now if we're dealing with them is leaning a little bit more in their favor, at least in public opinion. Mm -hmm. So they're a little more ballsy, you know, they speak back a little bit more. Um, I, I talked to people, I was talking to my aunt earlier today and I was telling her like, Hey, everybody is suddenly, you know, a lawyer from Facebook university. Like everybody's a lawyer. Everybody knows everything, but every time you bring it up, they're so wrong. Like people don't understand and I'm cool with people understanding their rights. Like, I hope you know the law, mm -hmm. but don't like argue with me about something when you are just so horribly wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like police work has become politicized, which it sucks. shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it, it really shouldn't be this vehicle for helping one party or another or this agenda or that agenda. It's, yeah. you know, our job is supposed, it's supposed to be to protect and serve. Like, it's already like muddied water under that premise, but like adding this extra stuff is just, it's bad. And like, even my own opinion, you know, like I said, I've been on for about two, three years now, which is pretty junior compared to you guys and other people and other pages we follow and talk to. And I know that as I progress and as other pages, like some of our followers are very young, want to get in, you know, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have the perfect admin. You're not going to have everything. It's not beautiful. Yeah. Nothing in this world, especially jobs is beautiful or perfect. But you know, at the end of the day, you have to like, I guess when we, we, when we said our oats, like we all knew, like we were signing up for a thankless career, right? You know, yeah. we're, we weren't doing this for like pats on the back and you know, all that crap. It's, you know, it's a real job with real issues that we face every day. So we're going to be vilified. We're going to have to deal with crap. We're going to be thanked for when we do stuff, but it's the opinion right now is more negative in my opinion from the public, but it's, Overall, but I've been fortunate enough, kind of like cop, where people in the community are more like, hey, thank you for what you're doing. Sorry for the crap you're dealing with. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, definitely going out to eat on duty. Um, I've had more people come up to me and say thank you than fuck you. So that's a good sign. Definitely. Well, that's because they spit in your food. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You really um, never know. You don't. You don't. <laughs> what, I will I say, don't. <laughs> what I will say, though, is that the people that are still giving me problems and, and being anti-cop are the ones that were anti-cop before all this anyway. So yeah. that's a little yeah, relaxing. It's a little relaxing to know that, okay, so the, whatever the media wants to say is one thing, but what I'm experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis is pretty much the same, which is that that works for me. Yeah. And I, th I think it's fortunate for us for like um, the different departments we're in compared to like, you know, we see the stuff that like NYPD is dealing with, like, that's like just constant. I feel like I feel oh, so yeah. bad. Like those people like hats off to you. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I just, I don't know. I just watch the stuff going on. It's polar opposite for what three of us are facing. Yeah. You know, and their stuff is like never ending. Yeah. 
between NYPD, LAPD, Portland, like those agencies, I don't know how people still go to work every neither, day. Dude, neither do I. I it's just, I, I don't know how you have the mental fortitude to go back. No. Uh, I've talked to several people from each of those agencies that are like, hey, Florida hiring, like <laughs> we're, yeah. we're on our way down. Like, Especially if I work for Atlanta, man, I would have quit for sure. Oh, that, easily. So, but with that being said, what do you think agencies and law enforcement officers individually can do to kind of keep or improve public trust and like improve connections with the community? What do you, what do you think the answer is? Is it like lip sync challenges? Should we all get TikTok pages? Like <laughs> what do you think we should do? TikTok. Yeah. I think we should do lip sync TikToks. Yeah. I Challenge. think that's not, no, totally not, uh, <laughs> but it can only, it can only be Nickelback and Creed. Yes. Oh, easy. And, uh, and Cardi B. Yeah, that'll work. Yes. <laughs> wop, wop, wop. Oh man. I guess, I guess for me, I would say like communication and education. I feel like a lot of agencies and stuff and just the pages, at least I follow through this group, um, as well as my personal page, um, there's a lot more like communication coming out about like things going on in the community and what like police are doing, which I think is good, mm-hmm. you know, um, from like fundraisers or whatever to like, you know, making arrests of like pretty bad criminals to show like, hey, like we're not just like letting terrible people around the community, but also like educating because, you know, it's so easy, I guess, in my opinion, to find like a big argument that happens every time I make like a use of force meme or any of us do <laughs> is just the use of force, like experts yeah. behind their oh, computers yeah. come out mm-hmm. and it's not hard to find what your town state policy is at all. Like what your attorney general guidelines are or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not hard. Like it's like it's just education is lacking. Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, I don't know how much, easier we have to make it or dumb it down but just educating people about like what we do why we do it and i mean i'm not saying do seminars for people to like you know roll around with people on mats and stuff and do like bjj and you know this is this well i mean i would love to on certain people yeah. but <laughs> you know i'm i'm not saying mace people in the face and be like this is why we do it but like explain why we do it mm-hmm. i don't know i just i think education communication are key to kind of fixing or bridging that gap. It's going to take a while because people are so thick headed right now and refuse to like follow any facts or reasoning unless it fits their own agenda. Yeah. Um, that's just my two cents. Sorry. I'm rambling. No, a bit, no, but- no, you're good, dude. Yeah. I mean, there, I think our biggest uphill battle is like, I mean, let's say we wanted to create a page that was all it did was show the things that we do good. I mean, can you imagine seriously, if you had a, an account for every good thing that you've actually done. Mm-hmm. Like I know for myself and for multiple officers that I know, you know, there's so much stuff that like people don't see us do that other officers don't see us do that. We just don't talk about because it's, it's just how we are. We don't go around, you know, glorifying ourselves. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you might see, you never know, you might come across and you might be on the side of the road and there's a homeless guy walking and you give the guy a bottle of water and some food and nobody ever sees that. Right. You know, but this stuff happens all the time. And, and everybody that I know this in law enforcement does this a lot. You know, you might catch them doing it and, and just roll up on them doing it. And and we help so many people. But the issue is, is if you wanted to try to make a, a platform that was going to show this kind of stuff, the people who need to hear it are going to be blocked by 
uh, social media because they're not going to see that kind of stuff because that's not what they're generally looking right. at. So Instagram's going to say, well, these people are cop haters, so we're never going to show them anything good about cops. So that's that's going to be our, our biggest. Yeah, it's like counterintuitive. Yeah, so we're we're fighting against a much bigger power when it comes to that. But I mean, of course, yeah, the education and whatnot uh, would help out a lot. And, you know, it, if people would actually put their money where their mouth is and, and when they want to say that they know stuff, it's like, dude, if you truly knew what we have to uh, take on when, when we're going into a situation, you know, it might go from um, like the other, I mean, it was like a few nights ago, we had a drunk guy. Uh, he's extremely depressed. He's already uh, threatened to kill law enforcement before harm law enforcement he's in his house he's drunk his daughter lives with him because his wife died um and he gets so drunk and depressed he grabs his 22 uh revolver and pops off around in the house mm -hmm. so we got a guy who's threatening law enforcement right um he's extremely drunk he's already popped around off in the house with his daughter in there so we have to go get this guy out of the house and when you go in there okay of course deadly force is authorized if deadly force is presented mm -hmm. but people don't realize how fast and how quick we have to decide whether or not that person is still a threat it can go from no deadly force to back to deadly force to no deadly force to back to deadly force in in half a second over and over and over again and that's like you're talking about with use of force the continuum is very very simple it's always we're one step above right and i think the public really doesn't understand that part I think yeah. no, they don't at all. They they expect, hey, if it's hands on, if it's fist to fist, then it's fist to fist, and it's like, no, we no. always get the upper hand. We always yes. fight to win. We go hard. A full argument with one of my best friends about that. Like straight up, like he was bringing up the continuum, and he was just like, well, if it's a fist fight, it's a fist fight. And I was like, well, what happens if he touches my gun? That's authorized deadly force. Yeah. Right. Like if he gets my gun, like, and he was like, well, why can't you mace him? I said, why would I mace somebody? If they're reaching for my gun, he's like, well, you don't have to kill him. I said, you, I don't think you understand because the second he reaches for it, he can let go. And then I can't use deadly force, but mm -hmm. then he can go for something else. Yep. I'm like, it's not a step one, step two, step three, step two, step. It's, it's jumps around. Yeah. And like, people just can't conceptualize it because it's not clear cut and people can't understand the gray area. They just want black and white, black and white, like step one, step right. two, step three. If you break one of those rules, you're in trouble. Yeah, and I'm going home. I'm going home at the end of the day. Cop, like cop was about to say that. Like we go home at the end of the day. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know that's the most important thing. But just people don't understand that at all, and it's irritating. And I hate explaining it to people. Right. Now they they won't. The people that want to listen, they already know. And the people that don't care or they're going to be negative, they they're not going to listen anyway. So it's it's an uphill battle. But I really liked what Blue said uh, regarding the education and the communication it would i think it would behoove police agencies to hire some of these like instagram content creators yes to make videos <laughs> and infographics and all these different things to say hey this is your use of force matrix like if we can have people pushing you know all these different protein powders and all this other stuff and they're making all these weird content things why not put that to good use and say hey here's information affecting our profession let's yeah. push it out to the public and you know let's let's try to win these people back or not even win people back but maybe win just more people and have them at least more understanding yeah yeah just have them be aware of it like you don't have to you don't have to agree with it or like 
I don't know, like just be aware of what's going on. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Everybody's just so tunnel visioned about police work and what's been going on that they just can't see outside of that. Yep. Right. You know, I just understand. think everybody has blinders on. They look from the outside in and they literally don't understand, especially these, these young kids. And I'm sure there's going to be some of them that are going to be listening that are aspiring to be in law enforcement. And the thing is, man, is like, you know, when you see from one aspect, even from when, from when I was younger, when I was looking at, you know, Hey, I, I might want to be a cop when I grow up was, you know, Oh wow. Cool, cool cars, cool uniforms, you know, chasing bad guys and, and doing cool things. That's what you see. But you, what you don't see is, is where the real stress comes in from our job is, we could, uh, if, if we all work together, all three of us right now, and we were on shift and say it's, it's night shift and we're hanging out in a parking lot talking for just a minute because we just got off a call or whatever, we could be talking off, talking and goofing off right now. And then literally right now, one of us gets caught over the radio and we have to go immediately and there's someone beating a baby to death. Right. And people don't see any of that stuff. Yep. And then it's, and then it's business. And then they don't understand that stress and, and what decisions we we have to make constantly you can go from literally zero to one million it's not 100 with us it can go from zero to 50 you can go to zero to one million you never know what you're going to get and and that's what people don't see if if they could truly experience that you know over and over and over again like we do mm-hmm. they would have a total different aspect or uh, perspective on law enforcement right and that zero to 60 kind of mentality that you're talking about that's for an entire shift so yeah. then Honestly. let's say you're yeah, so let's say you go home after a, a long shift of of going zero to sixty constantly all night. Well, now you're home. It's six a.m. Yep. Well, you can't just turn your mind off, right? Yeah. So, so then you know. You mean also? Was that you mean? Yeah, that's, you, that's you, when you, you mean. mean. <laughs> you, 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 yep, it's memes. You, you video game. You you yeah. know whatever. Everyone has their own different coping mechanisms, and then but people don't see the effect it has on family life either. So mm-hmm. it's it's such a complex profession. That it's not going to work in the office, you clock out at six and then you're done. Like it's so much more complex that the the yeah. world really doesn't understand. And I really LAPD did a, a virtual ride along the other night. And it was actually pretty good. Um I, I watched a couple of the clips of it. All fine, you know, you kind of get to see the real feel of what it's like in a squad car call to call. Mm-hmm. But it just goes so far further than that. Like you don't know what the cop has on his mind from earlier in the shift or before shifts, what happened at roll yeah. call? What's what he's got going on. It's so complex. And I really hope that agencies, law enforcement officers and beyond kind of start utilizing social media kind of the way we all have. And I mean, we do it for humor, but we could very easily flip the script and do everything for informational purposes also. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's our profession. Our, we don't, we can't turn our brains off. No. Like it's not like, like you said, the six, the the nine to five desk job, like, yeah, you can have some work and some stress that like carries over into the next day and you know, you have things to do, but it's different. You didn't have to give CPR to a kid that just died or have to do a death notification of a wrong way, drunk driver killing three people. You know, it's, it's a very different stress that just doesn't go away, which is why I think, you know, a lot of us have like all of us have made dark memes or like sarcastic comments on things That's or like, you know, we bust balls, but it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, it, it's something you try and handle and compartmentalize. I can't even speak right now, but it's just, it's our brains can't just turn off with this profession right. as much as we try to, as much as I try and disconnect work. Like you said, I come home after a long shift, Yeah, you know, it was supposed to be a 12 hour shift that became an 18 hour 
and I have to go to work the next day, it's eat food, go to bed, wake up and do it all again. Forget about yesterday. Yeah. Good luck. You know, it's, it's, it's a grind. It's, and it's, you know, 20, 25 years of it. So people forget that. It's just when you deal with somebody who's been on longer, they've seen more shit than, sorry, I curse a lot, but we've seen more things than most humans will ever see in their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Like terrible things. Easily. You know, and I think they forget that and forget that we're humans. So I, I don't know. I hope as things settle down, people start to remember that. But, you know, I don't know. But like you're saying, you know, as far as we can't turn it off, the, the issue is, is it's not necessarily that we can't turn it off, but the ones who do turn it off are the ones who end up with bad mental issues that they mm-hmm. have to overcome. You know, if you've ever. Oh, definitely. definitely. And you go home and try to turn it off. And that's 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 your coping mechanism is turn, turning it off. You know, you don't realize it until one day you're breaking down crying from something that you didn't even know was bothering you. Right. That you've been just like, yep. like keeping dead inside of you and trying to hide. Um, and then it surfaced by itself. And people don't realize that about, you know, law enforcement and PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, the military, they have PTSD. And I'm not, everybody can have PTSD. You know, it depends on what they, what they experience, what's traumatic to them, um, what they've experienced before versus what they've experienced next. It could, it could all vary for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, but we experience so much traumatic events mm-hmm. frequently, you know, and the thing with law or, or with military is, you know, Hey, you know, you, you go overseas and, and they see some stuff that no human should see just like we see, but it, theirs is on a little different scale. Right. Um, yeah. And it's more frequent yeah. for them than it is us. Uh, Cause it's a wartime, but you know, but when, when we experience it, like you're saying, I'll go do my 12 hour shift. I might experience, you know, some guy who's mangled on the side of the road with his legs ripped off, literally his legs ripped off, like in front of me, not attached to his body. And then a few hours later, go home and have to sit down and eat dinner with my family. Right. And and try to forget that that happened. Right. Yeah. And I think when I first started, I was doing exactly that. I was, well, even before I was a cop, I was very good at bottling things that were bothering me. Yes. What bottle I did. it and just whatever. And I realized Dude, that was my personality too. Yeah. Just didn't worry about it. You know, I'm a tough guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and Hey, nothing bothers me. I'm good with it. Um, but then I noticed as I started getting a little bit more settled in my career that that wasn't working so well, the, right. the bottle cap wasn't fitting right and shit was popping out. And, um, I remember just like going to dinner with my girlfriend uh, having a vacation with my family and these images just popping back up things that I long for thought I forgot about just popping back up. And I realized that my behavior as, as me, because of that stress was not me either. Like I was, I was acting in ways that I never would have. I was doing things I wouldn't have. And it was all just trying to way to like deal with that stress that my brain, that my brain was putting on me. Mm-hmm. all this stuff that was kind of regurgitating. So the, the dark humor talking about it, these silly uh, memes, all this stuff is yeah. such a good coping mechanism because it gets those thoughts at least out there. Right. It, it detaches you from the situation. Yes. You know, like I brought up about the guy that with his legs ripped off, I've seen more than once from wrecks where body parts are literally ripped off, usually from a motorcycle wreck. Yeah. But where I'm at now in my career, oh, motorcycles are the worst, right? Like where I'm at now is, is, you know, I might, I might roll up on that situation now with more experience under my belt with seeing this kind of stuff and, and learning how to cope with it quicker. 
um, oh, to yeah. where I, I can walk up and see that. And, and it don't, it's like, it don't phase me at all. No. I mean, but the issue is, is, is it actually phasing me deep down and I don't know it. And I'm just, my coping mechanisms are making me believe that it's not bothering me. You never know. Yeah. Till later on in life when something just kind of hits you, like you said, you know, you might re-see an image for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember just the other night, uh, some guy's leg was ripped off. And for us, for all, for everybody that's listening, that's not in law enforcement or, or a first responder, um, fire, fire departments and EMS, they, they understand it because they see the same stuff. Our humor is very dark. And if we actually let you in on <laughs> right. that we had, you guys would totally look at us differently. But, you know, I, I walk up and I like to joke around and do like stupid CSI uh-huh. one liners. Uh, on situations with like murder scenes and whatnot, just picking around with EMS to kind of lighten the mood because we shouldn't be seeing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walk up and there's this guy whose legs been ripped off from a motorcycle accident. And, uh, and I walk up, I look at the EMS lady and I'm literally just like, basically like I just took my sunglasses off and I say, I guess his hopscotch days are over. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just like, that's amazing. That's just like constantly what we do. You know, we're like looking at this guy, like, Hey man, get up and walk it off. <laughs> yeah, yep. and, and he's dead. You know, and yeah, it, yeah, that sounds horrible to it from a <laughs> perspective of someone who's never experienced that or been a part of something like that. But for us, it's, it's like this is how we release that we're seeing something that's like, dude, you should not see this right now. Yeah, yeah. you know. Ever since the academy, I always coined the phrase that it's like we have the backstage pass to life. Yeah, like we're seeing behind the curtain. We see what people shouldn't see. And a lot of times it's really cool, you know, when you get to see, you know, the cool stuff, which there's not a lot of it, but every once in a while you get something cool, but there's a lot of not so cool stuff. So, you know, it's just, I, I actually work for the crime scene unit. So I see dead bodies. I see mangled bodies all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's almost part of the job requirements is sick sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But after a while, your family kind of gets it. As, as long as you're open with it and like you're, you don't tell them about it and then right. you start making these jokes, then they're going to look at you weird. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes for a weird Thanksgiving dinner, but as long as you're open about it. Yeah. Um, another thing is sarcasm. I feel like on the streets, we deal with so much bull oh, and, God, and yeah. liars and just all. The Yo, I'm, I'm waiting to get written up for the shit I say to people yeah. and just my tone, man. Oh my God. <laughs> I uh, I worked a dead body scene uh, a couple months ago at a motel and I show up and I'm wearing the shirt that says crime scene unit on the back of it. And a lady walking by goes, oh, my God, did something happen? And I was like, no, nah, I'm here because they're giving away free rooms. Like, yeah, I'm looking for a room. <laughs> I heard they got good rates. Right, right. And she just kept asking me questions. And literally, I was in a, I was in kind of in a shitty mood. So everything she said to me, yeah. I was just getting back with something shitty. And she I mean, she was totally innocent like she had no idea what was really going on yeah and I, but then she started probing for more information about what happened and i was like no yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not doing this either but the sarcasm really comes in uh it really heavy. helps man yeah it does and i think that for any new officer like when, when you first start out like you might you might already have sort of a twisted sense of humor anyways that might be sort of what kind of attracted you to this profession first to to begin yep but you really don't realize how dark it's really going to get until you've been in for a little while and you know like you're saying with with the sarcasm and whatnot you know 
you might be the most innocent officer at first, but the first day that you work directing mm-hmm. traffic <laughs> and you get asked, can I go this way? When like, you got like a hundred. I hate that. Blocking the road completely. I mean, the, the road could be completely like a yep. bridge blown up in half and a guy's yelling from across the bridge. Hey man, can I still go this way? I'm like, well, if your car can fly, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, and it just it blows your mind some of some of the stupid questions that people ask, oh, and, yeah. and they just can't use their brain for a second and say, "Wait a minute, yeah, the cops are here because oh look, a car is in the ditch, and oh there's a dead guy. Yes, yeah, something happened. No, you cannot go this way. <laughs> right. Turn around. Right. Yeah. yeah, my favorite is like you're blocking a road, and you know they they have the the body bag tarp in the middle of the road, and someone's like, "What happened?" And I'm always like, "Shark attack." Just, yeah. No, oh, yeah. nowhere near water. <laughs> definitely that's a good uh, one yeah, that's great. yeah i like that one that's great. Um, my um, favorite one for directing traffic oh. has been uh, a buddy of mine i learned it from him me and him were on the highway for hours one night and we had so many people and like i mean you could see the sea of cars that were backed up and there was obviously no way you could go around us anymore and me and him were directing traffic and it got to the point where i i was by myself for a while and then finally we kind of grouped up and i really liked it because it was it was kind of a nice way of saying it, but at the same time, it's really sarcastic. Uh, everybody that would drive up to him and they would say, Hey man, can I, can I go this way? He would just look at him and say, all right, I'm going to give you one guess. And if you guess it correct, I'm going to tell you that you're right. Okay. If you had to take one guess looking at this, do you think that you could go this way? <laughs> and it's like a very simple way of saying it, but at the same time, you're still being a jackass. Right. Right. Um, so I have a hard time. I've broken traffic wands on people's cars before from getting so mm-hmm. frustrated mm-hmm. directing traffic. I hate that so bad. So, like I said, you can start out. People are just so stupid. Yes. They're just so dumb. They show how dumb they are. They are there. so dumb. Yeah. And, and you're <laughs> like, how do you people know how to operate your car? Seriously, like, man. It's, it's, listen, if you're not a cop and you're listening, learn sorry. that when it says <laughs> road sorry. closed, that really means the road is closed. Like, it's not yeah. a joke. Yes. I've had somebody, I shut down a road and there was like a one way entrance. And I swear to God, you can't make this up. Somebody stopped, looked at me. I looked at them. They asked me, Hey, is this open? I was like, no, it's closed. And they proceeded to go driving the one way direction (laughs) and almost hit another car. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, she was like, Oh, I I thought it was just that side of the road. I was like, it's still a one way. Like, I don't understand how you so I went off on her. Yes. I went off on her. And that it wasn't a good day. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten complained on for direction traffic before. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was one time we had gridlock bumper-to-bumper traffic right after a big event let out. And ladies laying on the horn. This is a secondhand story, but it's still a good one. Laying on the horn. And uh, the officer directing traffic walks up to her and goes, what's going on? She's like, well, I'm trying to get through. She's like, yeah, so so is like half a half a million people. Like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> And she just keeps laying on the horn. She's like, he, uh, the officer's like, you know what? Reaches in, grabs her keys, clips it to his belt, but doesn't show her, and acts like he threw it, like into a field. <laughs> so oh he's like, you get this. You you want to go find your keys? Then you can uh, then you can leave. <laughs> and he ended up giving it to her later. But I mean, it's it just gets so frustrating at times that I wish yeah. like that's like an older story. But I mean, I wish we could do it these days too. Well, I think my problem with like the sarcasm and dark humor is just like if you met me personally and you've known me for an extended period of time, um, you can't tell with my tone if I'm being sarcastic, yes. if I'm being an asshole, if I'm being truthful. Like my, I just have such dry, like dad, yeah, 
dark humor. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's like people can't read me. You know, I've arrested somebody um, and because they had like a bunch of weed in the car and all this crap. And I was just like, how dumb are you? <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, seriously, how stupid are you? Like you literally picked up a bag of weed right in front of me on camera held it in your hand while looking for your license that was in your left pocket the whole fucking time. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, she was just like, oh, I thought it was legal. I was like, cause I don't know if you guys know like the whole Jersey situation, like it was voted to be legal, but it's not technically legal yet. Okay. Like it has to go through the rest of the process and whatever. So pe- yeah, people just think it's fine to do whatever, but like this chick was so dumb, just literally picked it up in her hand and just held it there while looking for her license that was in her left pocket. Yeah. So like when we got back to the station, I just lit into this girl. God help you if there's anything illegal in this car. Is it in the original dispensary container? What? It's broken. Is it in the original dispensary container? No. Then you're fucked. How's that sound? No shit. Mind your own fucking business next time. Yeah, it's called shut the fuck up. Like just... I felt bad because she almost started crying. So then I kind of stopped for a second <laughs> and then, you know, I took care of whatever I needed to. But I was like, are you this stupid? Yeah. Like, are you really this dumb? Because I didn't want to do that. I, I personally don't do those kinds of arrests. I think it's a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. But that's my that's my discretion, you know. But like with this, I'm like, you are just like, you are so dumb, like dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, there's a line in End of Watch or not End of Watch, Southland, where the one meth head comes up to him or whatever, and he goes, you're just too dumb to live. Like, come on, people. Yeah, seriously. All right, guys. Um, so we're going to take step from that. That was that was a really good discussion. So I got a voicemail from one of my listeners, and we're going to check it out right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Officer Y. Just wanted to give you a quick little shout-out, say how much I like your uh, content on Instagram. Podcast is badass. Got a quick little question for you and maybe a uh, upcoming one of your guests. I'm a prospective SWAT narcotics guy. Uh, what do you recommend? What are some key tips that you guys uh, would say somebody should pay attention to when looking into that kind of unit? Thank you once more. Awesome content. Keep kicking ass. Take care. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go first, I guess, with the least experience. Um, don't wear... Uh, youth small t-shirts. Um, enough SWAT guys do that. Um, just just wear like a normal size t-shirt, I guess. Right, right. They won't kick you off the team if you wear to size. It's okay. Yeah. It, it's okay. We already know you have a small winky. Anyway, um, no, I mean, I, I know some friends in it and stuff. I guess just being physically active. I guess right now it's tough with the proactivity, kind of being down with everybody for at least narcotics. Yeah. Um. But just, I guess with anything, just like shut up, listen, find a mentor, stay out of trouble, you know, do your research, continue to train as with anybody. Like this isn't just for SWAT or narcotics, but everybody, if you're in this career, you should be training. Yeah. Um, physically, mentally, whatever, with your guns, whatever you got to do. Um, but yeah, just seriously, you don't have to wear a Schmedium shirt. <laughs> for God's sakes, please don't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Piggyback on a lot of that stuff too, definitely the medium shirts. So your your main focus is is if you're looking for SWAT, what what are what are the SWAT guys? What, what are we looking for? Is we're looking for a guy that we can trust to have our back, that will always go forward when we have to go forward, that will never cower down. 
like right now, yes, proactivity is way down. So how, how do you prove that right now is going to be your issue. Um, but, but in the sense of when it kind of starts going back to normal and you start getting more proactive, the more proactive you get, the more dangerous stuff you get into. And the, you know, to, to put it on the whole is that the SWAT and, and SRT operations and stuff like that are dangerous. That's why that what we, we get called out, you know, we're going into situations where we're wearing all this gear because you never know what you're going to encounter. And usually it's because there's either a barricaded subject that we don't know if he's armed or not, or we do know they're armed. And that's, that's, that's when SWAT's getting called out. So the more situations you put yourself into that you can prove yourself, you know, that, wow, this guy bucked up on you on a traffic stop, he jumped out and and you fought him and, uh, you know, you took care of business on the ground. You start building your name, a name for yourself big time when you start doing stuff like that. Um, you know, going into uh, any situation where, where you're having to go hands on, you know, don't look the, the, the tools on your belt are great. Don't get me wrong for, for people that need to use the tools on their belt more that that's great. Use what you can use what you train with. But from from a perspective of being on an SRT team, we like guys that are not afraid to go hands on because guess what? We're not looking to go deadly force. That's our last our last resort. So a guy that's like, hey. That's, that's been training for hands-on stuff uh, with, with BJJ or, um, you know, any kind of Krav Maga stuff. Krav Maga is a little, maybe a little too brutal, but uh, any of that kind of stuff. Judo, um, you know, pushing yourself in that aspect, showing us you, you're, you're ready to go hands-on all the time. You're not afraid, you know, no matter how big this guy is, you're ready to jump in and be a part of the team um, is what we're looking for. We're looking for a guy that works well as a team, um, that he's not all about yourself uh, you're, you're there to help each other. You were there to work as a group. You're not there to take credit like the detectives do. Tenic, <laughs> 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 uh, but you know that—that's for the SWAT perspective. If you're wanting to go for narcotics perspective, then you're going to need to start looking for your obviously. You need to look for more drug arrest. You know, make your small drug arrest because when you make your small drug arrest, you find that druggie that's like, oh crap, I got caught again. Uh, what can I do to get out of this charge? Mm-hmm. So then you start making informants. And the more informants you make, the more your narcotics guys, you say, you start helping them and say, hey, look, man, this guy wants to work. I'll pass them along to you because you guys know the the, the game a lot better than I do. And you're giving them informants that are starting to bring, you know, results like like search warrants on houses, bringing more drugs and stuff like that. So that's where you start building your name for the narcotics side. Um, so, you know, I mean, the main thing is, is, is if you really want to get into it, you really want to get down to the nitty gritty. You need to volunteer for training, even on your off day. Mm. If SWAT says you're able to come out and hang out and watch us train on this day, and that's what you want to do is be on the SWAT team, go watch them train. Go watch them, see what they do, uh, see how they operate, see how they do as a team, what they do, how their uh, training goes, how it starts, how it ends, and get yourself accustomed to that so that them they're like, this guy wants to be a part of the team so bad, he's coming out here when he don't even have a spot yet. And that really builds a, a big name for yourself. And it really shows good to other guys that are wanting to select people. And the same thing for narcotics. If you go hang out with these guys and say on a, uh, a day off or, or whatever, you know, you, you pick a random day off like once a month or once every so many months. And you go right along with one of your narcotics guys and just watch what they do and tag along and just take notes. They start saying, well, this guy wants to do it so bad. He's studying what we do. Mm-hmm. That's where you're really going to get into it. And that's going to be your best shot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think Cobb definitely nailed it with like reputation is almost everything. 
Um, that's something that's kind of hawked a lot about in my department. Um, your reputation is everything. So if you build that good rapport, like you said, for the narcotics, like you're giving them informants. Yeah, you might not be taking the case from start to finish, but you're building that rapport with them, right. which is going to be good. You know, as for like SWAT or any other unit or just moving up in general um, in this career or kind of anything in life, I feel like is humble yourself. Yeah, You're not the first person to ever grab a gun off the street. You're not the first person to ever get heroin off the street or money for money laundering. Like it's people have done it before you, but humble yourself. You know, let your hard work speak for itself. And, you know, when that opportunity comes, like Kat was saying, take those trainings on your days off, get after everything you can. You know, if it's available, take it. You know, yeah, it sucks losing off days, but uh, if it's something that you truly want, you're going to put the time and effort in because if you don't, somebody else is going to be and somebody's going to get that spot. You know, these are coveted spots, I'm sure, in all three of our departments. Um, But I think humility goes a long way and just building that rapport and a good reputation. would be a solid start. Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys really hit it. Um, I'm not, I'm not a SWAT guy by any stretch of the imagination, but as far as like narcotics goes, starting on the road, you know, every dime bag you pick up is one part of an international drug conspiracy. It sounds really weird, but it is. So take pride in that and follow up as much as you can. There's a lot of downtime now, like, like they've been saying, there's not a lot of proactivity. Take that downtime and learn. Look yep. up case law, look up your state statutes, your state um, judicial codes and figure out what you can enforce. Like, what can I stop a guy for that's to the naked eye obeying the law? Oh, well, he just ashed his cigarette littering. Let's go. Like learn all these little nuances and suddenly you're going to be getting out with people, start learning how to talk to people and get in their pockets. And yep. before you know it, you're going to start pulling everything. And the confidence that cop was talking about as far as like, going hands-on or anything like that. Once you have that, then you won't mind searching people because if they buck, you can take them down. Right. So it all goes hand in hand. This job is very uh, fluid. One thing goes to another and goes to the other, and then it just wraps right back around. So train, build your confidence and continue to learn this job. And I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a good resource, um, street cop training. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of great stuff across many States. Um, so I know I said I'm in New Jersey, so I'll check out stuff that they have because um, they go a little bit more in depth into it. But I think that's that education part, like never stop learning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ever. This is uh, one of the co- career paths in the world that you just cannot stop learning. Like yep. you, you need to keep up to date with what's new and what's applicable. And, you know, you can always get better. There is no perfect cop, but you can always strive to be that perfect cop by keep training. Yeah, definitely. I'm perfect. Oh, okay. Except for, <laughs> except for Mr. Blue Line. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm terrible. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Yeah. And I know I've, I've, I've said a lot about the hands-on stuff. That, to me, shows a guy who has a lot of courage that, that I can trust to have my back in anything. Sure. Um, you know, but with the hands-on stuff, if you're for, for a specialized team like SRT or SWAT or, or anything like that, any kind of specialized team like that, a tactics team, you're going to need to know your hands-on stuff. You're going to like, like 10, eight was saying, you're going to need to be in shape. You're going to be pushing yourself in the gym. Um, you're going to be running. Cause if you've never actually fought a guy for more than, you know, one or two minutes, you really don't know how exhausted you get and how yeah. out of breath you get from fighting someone. Yeah. Um, so pushing yourself cardio wise is great. Um, but with all that being said, if for a team like that, a lot of teams aren't going to look at you unless you're shooting in like a 95 percentile range. 
um, you know, for your handgun and your rifle. And usually it's like a hundred for rifle because um, it's a little easier to shoot um, and control. So I said a lot about hands-on, but you got to well-round yourself. If you're really wanting to get into something like that, um, you need to dig into all your skills that you can possibly get into and be a well-rounded person. But the main thing is, as long as you give effort and you try and we can trust that you're going to have our back, that's going to be your biggest select and uh, your selector. Perfect. All right. So hopefully that answered your question. Uh, he didn't leave a name, so I can't address it to anybody, but uh, hopefully that answered your question. So now uh, we're going to move to kind of the, the fun part. We're going to do some Christmas questions. I have a few. And then in my Instagram today, a bunch of people hit me with some uh, this or that. So we'll do that as well. And then we'll kind of see where we're at and we'll, we'll wrap it up. So you guys ready? All right. This is going to be dangerous. <laughs> so we're going to start easy though. So, um, the day that's what she said, very nice. I like it. Oh, I'm always good for a good. That's what she said. So the day this episode comes out is going to be Christmas Eve. So do you guys have any plans for Christmas? And, uh, yeah. Do you guys have any plans? I'm off on Christmas Eve. So, um, I'm Italian, very Italian, uh, much like Frank and red. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the North Jersey crew, Taylor ham and everything. Yeah. Um, so normally we do like a big thing for Christmas Eve, like massive amounts of people, seven fishes, the whole, yep. whole nine yards. Um, obviously COVID's going to restrict that. Uh, you know, I have a lot of elderly relatives, so just everybody's being cautious about it. So it's probably going to be my immediate family. Um, just doing the same thing, seven fishes, too many foods, mm-hmm. like too many things. My mom cooks for like a family of 40. Um, just kind of relax and stuff. So that's, that's it for me for Christmas pretty much. Um, I'm fortunate to be off on Christmas this year. Um, and I got a little girl, so she's a year and a half old. So that's kind of like my whole world. Yeah. Um, so just being able to actually relax on that day and, and spend it with the family is going to be great. So just probably more of a relaxing thing for us because it's been so go, go, go lately. Mm Mm-hmm absolutely yeah that's that's important and blue i can uh relate to the seven fishes and the uh the mother that's cooking for an army even though there's 35 people <laughs> well, that's because you're from new jersey right i and and i'm mostly italian so i get it um, i get it man i just remember being a kid in christmas eve going to shop right with my dad and just buying all this fucking fish and <sighs> that's that's literally like a core memory right there <laughs> all right dude i i eat so much it's unhealthy yeah it's great uh what is your favorite christmas movie hmm all right um i liked elf and um i'm gonna i'm gonna probably say the grinch there's like, so many like cla- the or- because, I mean, we talking no, like the original or no um the jim carrey one Jim Carrey one's funny, yeah. but I mean, obviously, like Home Alone's a classic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's hard to beat Home Alone. Actually, I have to bring something up that happened today. Um, Red Gun, I don't know if you saw it, said that um, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I just want to say that he's wrong. It is, and it's a great Christmas movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a Christmas movie. What is uh? What's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, I hate Christmas music. I don't have any oh, favorite man. Okay, I don't. <laughs> I mean, the only one that like just annoyingly stuck in my head is Mariah Carey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> never ending. Christmas. Yeah. And like the memes, I don't know if you guys see it, but like about uh Michael Buble, like defrosting. Yeah. Like in, 
Like he only comes out like once a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Mariah Carey's song is catchy. Uh-huh. And I think it's probably one of the only like, what? That came out like, what, 10 plus years ago? Yeah. They haven't come up with another good Christmas song, in my opinion, no. since that one. Right. That was like and the last original Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. And it plays everywhere. Like, I don't know if you guys remember what bars are. Like those places where you can go out with friends and drink. <laughs> um, this time of the year, they would just be blasting Mariah Carey like every 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. Mariah Carey is retired only because of the royalties from that song. Dude, she must make a killing. Yeah. She's like, oh man, December's coming. I'm I'm set. Let's go. Yeah. Pretty much. Dude, it was released in 94. Holy crap. Wow. I knew it was old because in the album cover, she looks very young. So yeah. I, knew, I knew it was an older song. All right. So. You got to dig back in your uh, core memories here. Okay. What is the best gift that you received as a kid? Hmm. Uh, the best. I'm torn between two. All right. Give me both. We got a German Shepherd. My family got a German Shepherd puppy one year. Okay. That was awesome. That's hard. And then uh, when I was a little older, I got a drum set. Okay. That's a very brave gift to get. Yeah, well, it worked out because both my brother and I played. So, oh, there you go. Very good. We weren't good though. No, not <laughs> at all. Hmm. I don't know. I, I got a really cool camouflage pellet gun one time that had a daisy scope on it. That was nice. legit. I was all into that kind of stuff, man. Shooting and hunting growing up. That's that's weird. I did definitely did not see that coming. Yeah, I li- <laughs> I like guns. So when I was a kid, man, I had like I I took. Like nowadays, it's you can't do it in the environment we're in now, man. Because like somebody shows up, law enforcement shows up to your house. Is when I was a kid, if I was running out there, I'd have had to like throw my gun out and throw my hands up because I was taking all the orange caps off my guns and trying uh-huh. to make look as real as I possibly could. Um, you know, but that one that one stands out to me because it's like, man, I wanted that gun so bad, and then all I did was like go try to shoot it as much as I could. But. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, so now we're gonna do Christmas this or that. So you ready? This is this is pretty good. Okay. I might have to. I'm gonna check after I do this list. I'll see if they got any new ones. But this is it. All right, apple pie or pecan pie or pecan pie, whatever. Apple. Apple. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Eggnog or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. <laughs> this is this is easy. Uh, eggnog or cider? Cider. Cider. Yeah. Die Hard or Christmas Vacation? Die Hard. Die Hard. Okay, Christmas Vacation we for me. Become best friends. <laughs> A star or an angel on top of the tree? Hmm. Ooh. I've had both. I would say over the course of my lifetime. Angel. I was gonna go star. Yeah, I'm a, I'm more of a star guy. I think that's it must be the Jersey thing. This one's easy. I don't know why this one came in, but Christmas vacation or Christmas with the cranks? Christmas vacation. Yeah. Christmas vacation. Yeah. With the cranks is good, but vacation's a classic. Eggnog or mold wine? Jesus Christ, why is everybody asking about eggnog? It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> or old wine? Mold wine. M-U-L-L-E-D. Oh. Mold wine. Oh. It's so good. I've never had it. I don't it's know what delicious. that is. What is it? It's uh it's like warm wine. Oh. It's actually it's really good. Oh. It's way better than eggnog. Well, a lot of things are better than eggnog. Most things. I'll go with the mold wine. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> you got like I think eggnog only beats a few things and like gum surgery is like one of them. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> would you rather work Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Eve. Yeah. Is that- Christmas Day. You'd rather day? Yep. Day shift on Christmas Day? What shift? I, oh, yeah. You didn't specify which well, shift. Well, they didn't specify either. So. Yeah. 
Oh, no, that's hard. To uh, I mean, I'd still rather take Christmas Day, personally. I don't have a kid. You have a kid, so I get it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm I'm with blue. Uh, sugar cookies or gingerbread? Sugar cookie. Sugar. Yep, absolutely. White or colored Christmas lights? Colored, definitely. Since I was a kid. I like white. Yeah, I mean, they're great together. I prefer white as a whole, though. I, think. I mean, if you're going to be, like, decorative and... and and fashionable yeah white you got to go white but the kid of me always wants the colors yeah i get it i like i'm a big fan for like christmas light displays like you can drive through them or whatever and and those are just so impressive but you know on the house if i were to i don't have a house i have a apartment but so it's just white for me but if i had a house i'd probably do it all up this one isn't here but it just made me think of it inflatables on the lawn take them or leave them i don't have i've never had them so I don't think I'm gonna ever start. Okay, that's fair. It's, I kind of have like a cool bad ones. Day. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Every now and then you see some cool ones, but usually there's no in between. It's like the trailer down the road that's got like 500 of them in front of the yard, and it's like I don't even know if you spent your whole allowance on that or <laughs> if your kids are gonna eat today. <laughs> <laughs> also, like what? Like what are you trying to recreate? Yeah. Right. Like you have a Grinch here. You have a Santa. You have two reindeer. You have a house. Like I'm confused. Right. Hey. You definitely need to keep the scene intact. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Would you rather open uh, open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Day. Come on. In the morning, ready to roll. Yeah. Exactly. First Can't thing sleep. in the morning. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> Die Hard or Elf? Yeah, I'm gonna take Elf. It's gonna depend what on what mood I'm in. That's also true. I'm a very moody movie watcher. I don't know. Yeah, Elf's just so funny, though. Yeah. Like, I just I just love it. I just love that movie. It, just, it, it makes me so happy. But, I mean, Die Hard's just awesome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, Cop, what's your answer? Oh. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, double feature? Die Elf. Back to back. <laughs> I like it. And the last one, wrapping paper or a gift bag? Wrapping paper for fun. Wrapping paper, as long as I don't have to wrap it, I'm awful yeah. at wrapping gifts. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree as well. I think uh, people must think I'm like special when they see what I wrap. It's just, and like <laughs> this year, I'm going to make it so easy. I'm going to grab some crime scene, like evidence bags. I'm just throwing everything <laughs> in that and I'll wrap it in caution tape. It's all good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right, Blue Line Grit, Cop Stash, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a good conversation, and then we got to talk a little bit of Christmassy. Um, go ahead. We'll start with Blue Line Grit. Uh, go ahead and plug your social media and whatever else you want to say. Just the floor is yours. Go for it. I uh, want to thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm sorry I missed the uh, Jersey Boys episode. Maybe we'll do a Jersey Shore family vacation part two or something. <laughs> I was working that day, so um, – Love the podcast. Love everything. You guys are awesome. Love your pages. Uh, my Instagram's at Blue Line Grit. I'm not going to spell it out. It's just Blue Line Grit. G-R-I-T. Okay, I spelled it. <laughs> Once again, thanks for having me. Uh, just keep doing the content. And if you have any questions, you can always just reach out. Um, pretty open to talking to people. So, yeah, that that wasn't supposed to sound as weird as it did. But <laughs> Nah, you did good, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate it too. You know, had a lot of fun actually talking. We we talk to each other so much in in our message messaging, but we never actually have talked to each other where it's you know a, just an easier conversation, right? Um, so it was it was cool to actually talk to you guys this way and 
and meet you in a different way. Um, so mine is, is cop stash is cop underscore stash. So if, if you want to hit me up on there, you know, you, you might love me. You might hate me. If you hate me, I'm sure you'll probably put it in my comments and I'll make a meme about you later. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming in and uh, everyone listening. We will be right back. Here we are again, back and better than ever, just like the 2020 Hess truck. This year, the Hess truck is designed as an Antifa assault vehicle. Essentially, it's a U-Haul that's preloaded with rocks, bricks, and barricades that can easily be thrown into your 2020 Hess village in the name of social equality. Get yours wherever anarchist toys are sold. Look what's holidays from Hess. Once again, I would like to thank Copstash and Blue Line Grit for our amazing conversation. And uh, I really think we covered a lot of important topics and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, those of you that aren't cops, I hope that you kind of have a better understanding why your cop friends are so weird. Once again, go ahead and find them on the interwebs. They're great guys. They post great content. And that's really the point of my interviews and, you know, the people that I seek out to, to have interviews with. I want to get you in contact or, you know, at least to follow these people uh, that make great content but are also great people. So hopefully I've done just that. Speaking of great content, we here at the 10 Podcast were very lucky this week. Um, pulled a few strings, made a few phone calls, had Kenny Williams, the Red Ninja, do a couple traffic stops on the northern part of the United States. Anyway, we found a guy smuggling Santa's naughty list. That's right. And because I am here to entertain you people, I am here to present at least the section that I think you guys care about of the naughty list. So I'm going to read off uh, some of the most interesting items that we came across. This is Santa's naughty list. And uh, these are the people not getting gifts in the morning. First one up, the government. Just just the government. Sorry, $600 it, it, when, when the government's crushing small businesses. Nope, that gets you on the naughty list. Democrats are number two. Um, you know, the government as a whole is bad. Democrats, probably a little bit worse. The mainstream media, yeah, they got on the naughty list. Uh, they're they're about as uh, useful as uh, I don't know they're they're just not useful for anything. Uh, also coming up on the uh, naughty list is Nancy Pelosi. I mean, of course, 
Joe Biden made the naughty list. I'm sure we're all surprised about that one. Um, then you have Andrew Cuomo, the great governor of the great state of New York. He's doing great things. Antifa. Yeah, the whole organization of Antifa. They are on the naughty list. Toilet paper hoarders. They are they are up on that list, let me tell you. Canine Bruck. He made the naughty list. Listen, if you don't know who Canine Bruck is, I want you to go find him. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to need some help. Also, this this next one everyone forgot about is Carol Baskins. Listen, when we're dealing with Nancy Pelosi, Carol Baskin looks like a, looks like a saint. So, but she's on the naughty list, man. Listen, did she feed her husband to the tigers? Santa says yes. Also coming up on the naughty list, Gavin Newsom. I mean, he is the Grinch, right? The uh, Grand Chancellor of the People's Republic of California. He has banned just about everything except things that he wants to do for himself. But if you are not Gavin Newsom or his family or friends, too bad. Also on the naughty list, people that call it pork roll. Listen, you're going to keep getting coal until you realize it's Taylor Ham. Also coming up on the naughty list, Sergeant Shakebox. Rest in peace, brother. Second to last is the Jersey Boys. That's right, the Jersey Boys. If you don't know who that is, that's myself, Frank Castle, Red Gun Squad, and Blue Line Grit. We made the naughty list. Are you really surprised? And finally, the last person to make the naughty list, Karen. If you are someone named Karen, you are on the naughty list. Sorry to hear it. I can't really say I disagree with that list. Um, probably should have had some more on there, but that is it. All right. If you are the government, if you are the Democrats... Or if you're canine Brooke, you're on that naughty list. Anyway, before we break for the night, I am going to give you the last thing, uh, my gift to you, which is the 10-8 Christmas poem. So gather around, kids, because Granddaddy 10-8 is about to uh, enlighten you. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the city not a creature was stirring and the 7-Eleven coffee was shitty. The bad guys were booked into county with care in hopes that first appearance would be happening there. Lieutenants were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of their paychecks danced in their heads. And Sergeant in his office and I in my squad car had just settled down and not try to work hard. When out in the projects there arose such a clatter, I turned on my spotlight to see what was the matter. Away from a car window he flew like a flash. The guy ran out of his slides and threw a book bag in the trash. When what to my wandering eyes did appear but a Nissan Altima being thrown into gear. With a little old driver, he didn't seem so offended. I knew in a moment he must be suspended. I turned on my lights and sirens and I yelled on the mic, Burglary in progress! Throw down some spikes! The chase was on. It was balls to the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. The car hit a few corners. On the streets it did fly, but it met an obstacle as it did drive by. The car hit a pole. The driver, he bailed, but too bad the canine was already on its trail. The bad guy turned around, turned his head. He was losing ground. Then we heard that wonderful sound. The handler cheering his dog and yelling, good boy. We all knew the bad guy became a chew toy. The bad guy was cuffed. Yes, he was arrested. And even though we had evidence, the whole thing will be contested. The report was finished, written by a rookie. My partner and I went to Wawa for a cookie. 
At the end of the shift, we drove out of sight. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Once again, this was the Christmas episode of the 10A Podcast. My name is Officer Y. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and if not, oh well. Anyway, the music will be in the description. Thank you once again to Blue Line Grit and Cop Stash for hanging out with me next week. We are going to have our New Year's Eve episode with none other than Mr. Officer Smith. It's going to be great. Thank you very much for listening. You guys have a great time. If you're working, be safe. And if you're not, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. And we will see you very soon. Take care of each other. Be safe. Henny, out. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strings. Glory.